With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the show in the zone here on FM 96.9 The Game. It is time now for our in the zone player of the night. And I'm going Homer local here. Wendell Carter Jr. Show him how it's done. It'll be Wendell Carter. He's got a sweet stroke. He gets a corner three to begin the game. Taken away by Suggs. Good work at the defensive end of the floor. Fourth turnover for the Pels. And on the trail, beautiful pass. Fultz leaves it for Carter Jr. Fultz. And it's going to be Carter getting the triple. Again, that's that, that's that corner three-point shot. Wendell Carter Jr. shot 50% from the field. Four of five from three-point range. 18 points, five rebounds, an assist, a steal, and a block in the Orlando Magic's first preseason game. First real NBA action of the 2023-2024 season. He is our In the Zone Player of the Night, presented by Hourglass Brewing. Stop by this week, grab yourself a crispy, fresh, local brew. Hourglass Brewing, located in Longwood, and they've got a district location on Curry Ford, the absolute best local brewery in Central Florida. Beer lovers, you got to go and check this place out. Also, Zoneheads, we've got a watch party coming up on October 19th. Saints versus Jags, Thursday night football, hourglassbrewing.com for all the latest on everything they have going on. Zero postseason wins for the Orioles. That was last night. Why are you holding your chest right. up in I, celebration I right now? To, that not, was disrespectful. I'm not celebrating the lack of wins for the Orioles, but it's the overall lack of wins in the AL East. Do you know that the you Reds... Mean the zero? Yeah, oh, the none? Sir, the Red Sox won the most games in October of any AL East team. Wow, look at you, you guys. You can check that. Put that in the trophy case. Uh, this is the first time in a long time I legitimately felt the sting of fandom. And I, I don't know how you guys do it. This sucks. Last night, I turned off the TV after that 7-1 to one loss, and I held on... For dear life last night, just string, just trying to just find any strand of hope, any base hit that could turn into a rally. And I turned off the TV last night, and I was disgusted. I, I haven't felt that as a fan. Because my teams are never, they're never in a position to disappoint me. So I'd never experienced that. I know that, you know, like last year, the Dolphins were in the playoffs against the Bills with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. Did I want them to win? Sure. Did I have any expectation that it would happen? No. I actually thought the Orioles were going to win this series. I at least thought, Tyler, they would make it a series. At the very least, the Rangers are a good team. I'm not going to discount them and say that, oh, you just go, you just go and steamroll that team. I didn't think that was going to be an easy task, but at least make it like a fifth, a, give me five games and then lose. They did nothing. Base, and I just hurt. Baseball is brutal. Ugh. That's what I've come to gather over the last couple of days, week or so. Obviously, the Rays, their historic season, historic start to the season, everything they overcame to get to the wild card spot. 
48 hours later, bye-bye. Thanks for playing. That was a great six months of baseball that you just put together. Enjoy your off-season. Same thing, I mean, divisional series, it's it's three days. You know, at least in NFL, if you make the playoffs, you have a full week of preparation, big hype, lead up to the game. You play the game. If you lose, you're done. At least that's a week. NBA Finals, you have a seven-game series, first to four, those four games aren't back to back to back to back. Yeah, baseball. It is. You have three days, and that could be your postseason life if you make it to the divisional series. You're the best team in baseball. Yeah, three and, days. I, and and just based on the way the schedule fell, I only really got to sit back and and really just solely focus on my team being in the postseason for one night. One because they lost on Saturday. So that was a split screen, middle of the day. I've got stuff to do with the family. There's so much going on, just living a life like we all do. And then Sunday, the NFL is on. So, I mean, I don't even need to explain that. So Tuesday night, it was the only night where I just sat there with that on my screen in complete darkness. And, you know, I can't say I enjoyed it, but I had at least attempted it. So that's where I'm at. Very disappointing. I want to just uh, turn the page to college football and talk about something that's been on my mind for the last couple of days. I'm talking conference strength. ACC, Big 12, two different situations, but I, I need you to follow me here, Tyler. FSU took care of business after a week off, 22 to nothing in the first quarter against Virginia Tech. They took their foot off the gas a little bit, but they still managed a 22-point win, so they were still able to hold on to um, that differential throughout the course of the game. They moved up to number four in the AP Top 25. Two notable wins on their schedule already, LSU and Clemson. And all of that stuff is going to matter because of the clog that we've been talking about on this show that's going to go on at the top of the rankings this year at the end of the season. These teams are actually going to put the committee to work, which is a lot of fun. So I think that we're going to enjoy those conversations later in the year. Here's my concern for FSU. We looked a couple weeks ago, we looked ahead at the schedule and went, man, if they run the table, they could even suffer a loss with how strong the schedule is, which you didn't anticipate when the season started. But Duke is good. Miami, Florida, all those teams were ranked at one point not too long ago. Duke is number 17. That's still on their schedule. That's great. Duke could fall off any any moment, by the way. I don't think it would surprise anybody. Miami is becoming less and less appealing as every week goes by. And Florida, forget it. I think we're all over Florida at this point. So it might not matter at the end of the day, but it could. And just a, key, a couple weeks ago, that remaining schedule was looking pretty thick. Is my Before I transition to the other part of this, is my null paranoia justified here? Um it, it's, it, do you think that it's going to matter at the end of the day? Could they suffer a loss and still make it to the college football playoff? A loss now is much more detrimental to your college football playoff hopes than it is in week three. And that's just how college football goes. Because we remember things that happen the closer to the playoffs. So when it comes down to the crunching and it's, okay, uh, who just lost? Who oh, We're fighting between these three teams for this last spot. Oh, they just lost two weeks ago. Those week two losses do factor in, but it feels like it it just happened right in front of you if it happens in the last week of the regular season opposed to early on. So 
a couple weeks ago we were saying they could absolutely afford a loss. Before even the Clemson game, we were talking about that. Let's say they lose to Duke and they win the rest of their games. They beat Miami. They beat Florida. They win the ACC. Is they're confident? And when, of course, in order to really answer this question, you'd have to dissect what everybody else does. Right. But is that's my concern for FSU is that you went from thinking at the beginning of the season they have to run the table, but running the table if you get past LSU shouldn't be that hard. Then a couple weeks into the season, you go, actually, their strength of schedule isn't going to be that bad. I think we're kind of right back to where we were. That's my point, is that at the end of, you know, now that we're six weeks into this thing, I think it's, I think everything sort of balanced itself out, and FSU's schedule isn't going to help them anymore. Well, let's talk about it. Let's just project here a little bit. You look at the the top of the top 25. You have... Georgia, who kind of hit that fifth gear over the weekend versus Kentucky, went out and kind of did their thing, I think solidified themselves in that one spot. Michigan and Ohio State very well could finish with one loss on the season, and it could potentially be to – and remind me again, because I always forget, they can play in the Big Ten Championship or they cannot. I think that they, they have – so this year I am not as well-versed okay. as in years past because – some conferences have changed the way that they do this, and I believe some have not. I think now they can play each other in the Big Ten Championship. Let's say they can. So they both finish with one loss to each other. One wins in the in the rivalry week, the other wins in the Big Ten Championship. Those are both one-loss teams. Penn State can get thrown in there as well. If they lose to if Penn State loses to one of them in the regular season Big Ten Championship, that's a one-loss team. They play Michigan. They don't, or they play both of them. So you can have other one-loss teams that are in more competitive conferences, like the Big Ten, compared to the ACC. And that's where, if you have three one-loss teams in the Big Ten, which I think that can play out, the champion will get in. I mean, I well, don't think champ- it's any no, more champ- complicated cha- than that. The champion, absolutely. But then, if there's another one-loss team in the Big Ten, and you're comparing them to a one-loss team in FSU who lost to Duke and has some quality wins, but they don't have the Big Ten gauntlet, that's where there's four spots for that college football playoffs. So are you telling me FSU with one loss in the ACC, as dominant as they've been, might deserve that four spot over a Big Ten or a Pac-12 team that has one loss? If that's the case, then your loss better be to Duke, which, I mean, there's a a sentence you didn't think you'd hear five years ago. Uh, because that that is the best remaining team on their schedule, so that's just something to think about. I don't know if that's going to impact them or not. It really depends on what happens around them. But uh, FSU not going to be aided by that. So I this is a totally different sort of circumstance and not college football playoff related as much. This is more projecting into the future. I think we all agree that the ACC is one of the weaker conferences in college football. In fact. Right now, they are probably the weakest in college football at this very moment. That doesn't necessarily preclude them from anything. FSU still has a chance to get to the mountaintop, but it's a less-than-sunny perception. You don't want to be at the bottom. If there's five in the Power Five, and soon it'll be a Power Four, you don't want to be the fourth or the fifth. My fear for UCF, as I look at the current landscape of college football, is that that perception is going to be a universal one for the Big 12 in a year. So how is that the case? Last season, the Big 12 was one of the more dominant football conferences in the country, and they did that without Texas and Oklahoma being all that relevant. 
And I know I gassed the, myself up thinking that that's just the new norm for the Big 12, but I think what we're learning right now is that that was a blip. That was the exception, not the rule. Last season, three Big 12 schools finished in the top 25. One of them finished second. One of them finished inside of the top 15. And neither of those schools were Texas or Oklahoma. You fast forward to this year where you're really seeing NIL and the transfer portal take this stranglehold of college football. Oklahoma is fifth. Texas is ninth. And only one other Big 12 school is currently cracking the top 25 and it's Kansas, and they're barely inside of the top 25. So the question is, are we back to square one with the Big 12 being too reliant on Oklahoma and Texas? I'm watching this game on Saturday between these two schools, and I'm thinking about how amazing this is, the environment, the big fight feel because of not just the rivalry that those schools have, but because of how nationally relevant that game was due to rankings and how big that was for Oklahoma moving forward and being highly ranked in all of that, when they leave, the the what the Big 12 is left with, if we're being completely objective, at the moment, is not as good a football conference as we thought a year ago. That is That is true. However, the comeback to that is the ACC isn't necessarily losing. They're not losing their top dogs, at least not yet. The ACC has been able to shuffle teams into the top 25 over the years until they play Clemson. You know, NC State might get a top 25 bid because they've beaten everyone else they're supposed to. And then they play the true top 25 team, the head of the snake in the top top of the conference and Clemson or whoever it might have been, and they get 30-pointed. Oh, okay, yeah, they're not a top 25 team. But teams can disguise themselves in the Big 12 with a weaker conference. That's kind of where I see the Big 12 heading as far as top 25 rankings is if there's no best team in the conference, like a Texas or Oklahoma, clear cut, these guys are just better than everyone historically, then you might have a team that's running through the conference and you'll, you'll still have the people, the team, the schools on the bottom that are just getting beat by everyone. You'll have some undefeated Big 12 teams or maybe a Big 12 loss and depending on what your non-conference schedule is you can be undefeated you can have one loss and that might be good enough to hide yourself in the top 25 but then if you play that out of conference school or whatever it is or the top dog that's where you get exposed well that's the problem is that if you are not respected because of your conference schedule and then every time you go up against one of the big dogs you get blasted how is the Big 12 any different than the American Athletic Conference? And I don't want this to be the case, but the SEC is only getting stronger significantly. The Big 10 is getting significantly stronger. So the ACC is kind of, it fluctuates. But look at where the ACC is right now. A year ago, you know, I, and I even said this a moment ago, and it's wrong that the ACC is the worst uh, football conference in America. I think last year maybe we thought that. FSU, UNC, Louisville, Duke, Miami, all in the top 25. So where does this leave the Big 12? And, you know, they're expanding the playoff, and that's nice. But, you know, if you're the whole point of being excited about getting to the Big 12 is that UCF and UCF fans who have constantly been pounding the table for, we deserve to be one of the big boys. We deserve a seat at the parents' table. 
it feels like with Texas and Oklahoma leaving with how strong they are right now, it's a little, it's like uh, not the kids' table anymore, but it's like the preteen table. You know, like you're not quite there yet. So I, uh, this this is why. We'll go back to something I said months, uh, a month ago. Colorado coming into this conference. You better cheer the heck out of Colorado to be as flashy and powerful and Dion primetime driven as they look to be. Because you need a top dog in your conference, and if you don't have one, you're going to be viewed as a little puppy again, and UCF fans are going to hate that. More in the zone next. Now, now, your chance to win $1,000. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Win. That's win. Enter it now. now. Broadcasting live from the injury law firm of Kaufman and Lynn. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.